Cause it's Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? It is That was so awesome. Look, I, I did not watch the Oscars, but uh, that was such a good report for me to learn was that Coda had won Best Picture. Hey, everybody, I'm Jason. It's the best Friday ever. Let me straighten this up, put my camera up. I hope you guys have had a fantastic week. We are at Friday. So, Coda, if you haven't seen it, I had actually... Uh, put it in one of my recommendations in the Vitruvian letter, I guess. Maybe it was just the last issue. Jimlin and I watched it. And let me tell you about this film. If you haven't seen it, and if you're like me, and you're very cynical about every single award that is presented at the Oscars, and you think, well, and this is this is kind of a sad state of movies these days, but I'm kind of to the point where I think, well, if it won Best Picture, then it probably sucks. It's probably got some sort of agenda. It's probably preachy. It's probably trying to get me to... I don't know. I just, I'm like, usually if it's best picture these days, I'm out. Well, that is definitely not the case with Coda. It is a great movie. I highly recommend it. Check it out. Let me get my microphone adjusted here to make sure that I'm coming in warm and rich, kind of Barry White-like. My camera here for the YouTubes. Okay, now I feel better. But go go see, or no, go see. You can stream it. That's what we did. We streamed it through uh, Apple. So anyway, congratulations to the entire cast, crew, and all that of CODA. Fantastic movie. Now, a little bit about it. So, yes, I'm probably kind of, I'm not a prude. I watch films that have, you know, stuff in it that is, uh, I don't know, progressive, whatever you want to call it. But the cool thing about this movie is that, like, have you noticed that um, in most movies and TV shows, most of the people that go to bed together and have sex are not married. I mean, think about that. When's the last time you saw someone in a movie or a TV show that went to bed together to have sex that that was actually married? That's almost non-existent anymore. And the cool thing about Coda is, one, there are no real sex scenes at all. And frankly, that's cool for me because I don't really like to watch other people have sex. And, and if you do, hey, you do you. You you do you watching others do somebody else. That's 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 fine, but that's not my bag. What I, I but this one, it was really cool because there is one scene where it's it's comical. It's like imagine you walk in my God bless you, Ryan Wright, my little brother, who has he's one of those kids with that horrible story of walking in on mom and dad when he just shouldn't have. God bless him and the poor guy, he did it twice. So wow. Um, I hope that mom and dad at least reimbursed you for those counseling sessions, Rhino. 
But anyway, so there's kind of a scene like that, and that's it. And the rest of the movie is just endearing. It's just so sweet. And there's one scene, I got to tell you, as the father of two daughters, there's one scene in particular in this movie, and I'm not overstating this. Maybe if you go watch it, you'll say, yeah, Jason, that was good, but come on, really? In my opinion, one of the single most touching, emotional, well done, not contrite, not cliche scenes between a father and a child. And in particular, again, I'm a dad of two daughters, so a father and his daughter, one of the most, one of the sweetest scenes I have seen in a movie. I, I looked over, I told Jimlin, I mean, and my eyes were kind of watering up. I was like, that's one of the sweetest scenes I have ever seen in a movie. It was so freaking good. So great story. Really cool cast. Mary Madeline, who is awesome. I think she won, uh, maybe she won Best Supporting Actress for uh, Children of a Lesser God with probably the greatest actor of our time, I think. Uh, no, it was, I mean, no, 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 I'm wrong about that. I'm right about her winning the Academy Award. I think it was for Children of a Lesser God, but I was about to say that I think Daniel Day-Lewis, the greatest actor of our time, uh, in my humble opinion, I thought he was in it, but he wasn't. William Hurt was in that, who just passed away in Daniel Day-Lewis might have been it. Let's check that out. I don't think that he was, but let's see. In that one, if you all have not seen Children of a Lesser God, uh, it is a phenomenal film. Jimlin and I are actually going to put that in our repertoire. Nope, I was right. William Hurt was in it, but not um, Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm not sure what I was thinking of on there. But either way, so Coda, go check it out. All right, I got a little bit of an announcement to make. I have officially launched the beta for the six-week Vitruvian challenge. Okay, and and I say, I'm, I'm kind of like, the reason there's a little bit of a delay with the challenge, it's not like something like, okay, we're going to do six weeks of, you know, getting up at 4.30 in the morning like Jocko for six weeks. Let's go. It's not that kind of challenge. Oh, I'll tell you about my tea in a minute. What this is, it's six weeks of, uh, it's an immersion. And kind of this whole idea of hitting on what I think can help you become the most perfectly proportioned human being that you can possibly be. So you've probably heard it. If you listen to the show at all, you know that I've got this thing called the Vitruvian Project that, that was inspired by, um, by Leonardo da Vinci and his drawing of Vitruvian Man, which was da Vinci's attempt to make, to, to draw the perfectly proportioned human being. And when I saw that, I, I thought, man, what would it look like if someone were in perfect proportion, not just physically, but also mentally? What about spiritually? What about uh, as a father, as a husband? You just hit it on all cylinders. What would that look like? And so from there, I started this thing for myself called the Vitruvian Project, where I was going to see what I could do to best optimize my mind, my health, which meant my nutrition, my physical abilities, um, uh, as it related to relationships. Uh, for me, as a, uh, as a Christian, my, my spiritual life, how could I be this most per- now, now, look, I'm, I'm well aware that I will never reach perfect proportion. None of us will in all these areas. 
However, that shouldn't stop us from at least attempting to improve a little bit each and every day. And so that's where this whole thing started. So from the Vitruvian Project uh, came the Jason Wright Show, which allowed me to reach out to incredibly accomplished people in different areas of life. Some of it is in medicine. Some of it is in just general health and wellness. Some of it has been relationships. If you listen to the show at all, you know I have people that come on and talk about how to uh, to bulletproof your relationship, how to communicate better in relationships. Uh, those are all the things that I want to do. And so what my life is, the closest thing I have to a hobby, I don't hunt anymore. I don't fish. I, don't, I sure as hell don't play golf. Uh, I don't do, I have no hobbies whatsoever. Uh, my The closest thing I have to a hobby is learning and deploying things that I think will make me a better person. And so that is where this whole idea of improve always and always came from because here is the selfish intent behind the improve always and always. I've got this crazy notion that if I can be the absolute best version of myself, that that will somehow spill over into my immediate community. I hope that I can live a life, and I fail miserably. Understand, there is not a twinge. I hope you don't pick up on any self-righteousness behind any of all this because all I am is a big block of stone that I'm trying to chisel from the inside. That's all I am, and sometimes it hurts, and sometimes it strikes perfectly, but that's all I am. And so, But I thought if I can live a life that at least, let's say 80% of the time, People can point to and go, I don't know what you've got, but I want to know about it. I want to learn. Will you, will you help me? That, that looks, and, and, and the, the real fruit is the joy that I exhibit, the happiness, the peace, the lightheartedness. Those who are around me know I am a clown. I, uh, I told some of the girls that work for Jimlin up at, uh, at Hot Tots the other day, I said, you know, girls, the thing about it is I just have no inhibitions. And they were like, yeah, Captain Obvious, we kind of, we kind of understand that. And that's how I am. I, it's, it's living this life of joy and lightness. And if you watch any of my social media, what you see is just, uh, it's just kind of the, of the goofiness and the happiness and the, you know, just literally making a clown of myself, especially when it comes to Jimlin and Hot Tots and the things that I do. If you want to follow some funniness, go and see me at my clownishness. Uh, is that even a word? Clownishness. At my most clownishness, I think might make more sense, then go follow Hot Tots, H-A-U-T-E-T-O-T-Z on Instagram. That's our uh, our business account. And you will see that I am literally Jimlin's court jester. I'm her intern. I'm her clown. I just try to do everything I can to keep things light up there. But if you think you if you think that's something, you know, behind the scenes, that's whenever I really let the wheels fly off. And it's genuine. I'm a happy guy, and I found that what has done it is focusing on things that start on the inside. Um, it's I, I talk about it a lot on here. I actually did an episode a while back last year with uh, my pastor, uh, Daniel Turner, and we, we titled it Out of the Matrix. And if you know anything about the kind of the the metric the matrix and the, I guess it would be the metaphor is that all this stuff around us is basically created by it's just it's just consciousness of a thing it's not real what's the only things that are real 
are what's inside us, and it's the meaning that we apply to those things. And so I've been able to reach this point where what means most to me is pursuing things that bring joy to me, bring joy to my wife and others, that I have a clear, clear mind all the time. Uh, Let me tell you something. I love to get high. I love to get high. Only thing is, here comes the punchline, I don't do any form of narcotic. I haven't had a drink in three years, going on over three years, I guess. Um, And and if you do, I I don't think there's anything wrong with drinking, okay? Look, understand something. Some of the people I admire most in this world, they they drink alcohol. That's not the point. Just for me, the, the natural high that I can get by understanding my body and my mind and the neurochemicals that are at play that drive my mood, my energy, my focus, uh, the ability to help myself find a state of flow. Those are the things that I geek out on. So, and from there, it's like having amazing health. And that's where I just went deep, deep into this understanding of gut health, the gut biome, and how we can we can rearrange the furniture in this in this ecosystem known as our gut biome. And then all of a sudden, we've got other biomes. We've got other little colonies throughout the rest of our body that we can learn through exercise, through breath work, and through proper circadian rhythm management, how to manipulate these parts of the body that require no medicine, maybe some natural supplements, but basically just moving your body. They're not that, they're not that complicated to really optimize and maximize this human experience. And so as I've just built and built and built upon that, I'm like, man, if only I could figure out a way to share this with other people. Because the thing is, the best way to learn something, the best way to stay inspired about something is to share it, to give it away, to show other people how to do it. And so I just, I'm like, how am I going to do this? How can I figure out a way? I'm not a physician. I'm not a personal trainer. uh, But I have been biohacking and and working on all these things for gosh going on 30 years now and then the last 10 years really diving so deep into it almost to a point of obsession to where now I'm ready to share what I've learned um and I like to say not I, I like to put it like that it's not about uh sharing what I know my knowledge that's not the key it's I want to show people what I've learned because as I look around the landscape of modern society I see people who are trapped in prisons of their own making, which is their body. Uh, when I see someone driving around on a little cart at the grocery store uh, because of their weight, because they are morbidly obese, my heart cries out to them. I want to go up to them and go, do you know how good you could feel? And I also know, because I have studied the mind so much, and again, studying those neurochemicals, to be able to go, I understand how hard this is for you. It is not just about reducing calories, eating right. It's about environment. It's about things that happened way before you ever even had a chance to make these decisions. I mean, I tell you what, um, I just had a conversation with uh, Dr. Gus Victory. Uh, Victory. He is a man of victory, but Dr. Gus Vickery out in um, Asheville, North Carolina. That conversation will be coming up on the Jason Wright Show pretty soon. And he quoted, he, he, made a, he said a, something yesterday that um, I thought was so profound and really hit me on how to encourage people that are struggling with weight, depression, bipolar disorder, 
all these things is that when you first talk to them to say this, look, everything that's wrong with you is not everybody else's fault, including yours. And I thought, what an incredible way to put that. Because so often, a guy like me, who is steeped in logotherapy, which is finding meaning and ownership and agency in all moments of life, trying to find the meaning in those things, I will be, I will, I will wholeheartedly say I'm that guy that probably would say something like, hey, don't blame everybody else. First look in the mirror. But the fact is, there are things you did not get to determine where you were born. You did not get to determine the circumstances to which you were born into. You did not get to, you're not the one who initiated the divorce that your parents went through. You're not the one who said, yeah, go ahead, sexually abuse me as a child. You're not the one that was, uh, that decided, yeah, you know what, dad, go out there and knock off half a, half a liter of, of wild turkey and come home and just beat the crap out of me. That sounds good. You did not make those decisions, but they absolutely impacted your present state and your present life. So to hear Dr. Gus put it in those terms that you can't blame everybody else because those things have happened and you got to acknowledge them, but you also can't blame yourself. So the first thing is to just take this analysis of who you are and why you think the way you do and then start improving upon that. Well, so now I have put all of this as just kind of a surface level, a little, a little deeper than surface for sure, into a six-week Vitruvian challenge. So again, I, I, I paused earlier whenever I read the title because I don't want to give the impression that this is somehow, this is some sort of, we're going to, for six weeks, we're going to try to create a habit. Yes, as a result of this six-week challenge, you will probably start to at least understand how to identify and begin positive habits. You will also understand how to break strongholds and habits that may have had a grip on you since you were very young. You're going to learn how to start understanding the power of nose breathing versus mouth breathing and how it's not just to keep your sinuses clear, but it also how it, how it impacts the oxygen levels of your body, which that impacts your energy level, that impacts your focus. We're going to talk about things about, like I mentioned earlier, these, this neurochemical cocktail that we can create in our brain to get into a flow state where we can 5X our production. 5X, could you imagine? If you could do in two hours what it takes the normal person 10 hours to do in a work day or in writing or whatever your ca the case may be, that is absolutely scientifically proven. That's not some Jason Wright prove all ways and all ways. I have figured out how to help you 5X your production. No, all I'm doing, look, there's nothing new under the sun. And I want you to know this right now. There's nothing new under the sun. I am just regurgitating in my voice scientific evidence and having put it into practice in my own personal life to take that and share with you. And there's, and I'll be honest with you, there's a level of imposter syndrome that comes with that because whenever I set out to do that sort of thing, I'm like, well, who am I? But then I remember, this is what I have to tell myself. And this is what you get with the six week Vitruvian challenge. It's not, it's not for everybody because it's in my voice and my voice isn't everybody's voice or isn't the flavor for everybody. Okay. But, you know, Whitney Houston had a number one hit with I Will Always Love You. Dolly Parton, who wrote I Will Always Love You, had a number one hit with I Will Always Love You. Two different voices. Same message, two different voices. Some like Dolly, some like Whitney. 
It's a great message, so most people at least appreciate both. But that's what you're going to do is, is you're going to, if you go through this six-week challenge with me, I start out with your mindset. What is the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset? I walk you through that, and man, identifying that for me was so profound. I mean, again, I'm the improve always and always guy. I'm the guy who you see on Instagram doing sprints and in the ice barrel and and yet at 47, wow, he looks like he's just always trying to improve. I mean, literally, his mantra is improve always and always. Let me tell you something. You are listening to, or if you're watching on YouTube, you are, you're seeing and listening to a guy that is a recovering, hardcore, fixed mindset person. It has taken me decades to achieve a growth mindset. It has taken me decades to get to the point where when I have a challenge before me, that, seem, that is seemingly impossible, instead of going, I can't do that, I will say, I can't do that yet. That little bitty three-letter word is so freaking powerful, yet. I'm the type of guy that if you listen to this podcast and you send me some nasty email, dude, you sound, I hate your voice, I wish you would go away, you made the best Friday ever, the worst Friday ever for me because I gave your podcast a shot, the old Jason Wright, a fixed mindset, would say, Jason, you freaking suck. Give it up. Get off. Do not ever produce another episode of the Jason Wright Show. Don't do it. A growth mindset will say, man, I am going to email this person back and find out what specifically was the problem. I can do better. How do I improve this? It may not be the number one podcast in the universe. I may not be beating Joe Rogan. I may not be uttered in the same breath as Ben Greenfield or Tim Ferriss or James Altucher yet. But I'm willing to at least keep trying. So we, we unpack some of those things. Then it's the habit formation. I go through an entire week of how to remove as much friction as possible to help you understand how to start good habits. It's one thing to decide I'm going to develop a habit to meditate, to journal, to drink less coffee, to eat better. It's easy to think. We know we know all the good habits we should have. We see other people that have them, and we want them. But starting is a whole different animal. And a lot, and a lot of times, the start is, can be rather simple. It's January 1, and we've got our resolutions. We're going to create some new, impactful habits. But at some point... At some point, it becomes so challenging that now we have to kick in with our willpower. And willpower is a great thing. We admire people that have strong willpower, right? That's, that's natural. The problem with willpower is this. It's not sustainable. And what it does is it puts the thing that you're having to exercise the willpower to do, it makes that an enemy. It turns it into a battle between you and that thing, you and that habit. And no one wants to stay at war forever. You know why? Because... War makes you weary. So you've got to find a way to befriend that habit. And I show you, there are some scientifically proven, I mean, case study after case study proven methods to actually make that happen. To not just start the habit, but to make the habit stick. So we're going to go through some of those things. And then I'm going to go through an entire week of immune-centric health. Joel Green, the author of The Immunity Code, has become a mentor of mine. I'm actually getting certified in Joel's immune-centric health uh, uh, program because I'm so amazed 
by what I have learned from Joel Green and his teaching. And so I'm like, everyone needs to know this. I want to go deeper and get a better understanding and share this with others. So there is a week-long portion of doing nothing but talking about immune-centric health, understanding how to redirect and recolonize and, again, move the furniture of this ecosystem that we call the gut biome. I'm going to go through all of that. It works. I have taken four percentage points off my body fat since I've started this protocol or the many protocols that this calls for. And guess what? The cool thing is what this does and what my whole uh, mantra when it comes to health and wellness is, is to start at the beginning. The first thing we need to do is figure out how our body was meant to operate, how it was designed to operate, and then getting in sync with that. Our body is an amazing, amazing machine. It's so resilient. It's so, it has so many ways to recover. And when you figure out the things, the levers to pull, the buttons to push that will really make inflammation stay at bay, that will keep you healthy, that will, that when you start to feed your gut, feed the bacteria in your gut as opposed to just feeding your mouth and trying to get satiated, we can do that. I can show you that. And so we take a whole week to do nothing but talk about immune-centric health. We just came out of a global pandemic, right? When if everyone had a much stronger, a more robust uh, immune system, it's, it might not have kept you from getting COVID. I'm not here to say that. But we know for a fact the people that were most vulnerable were the elderly and those who were metabolically sick, meaning obese uh, or whatever the case they had, they had diabetes. We know that now. So why not? Get yourself better prepared for anything that may come, okay? You may get it, but we can shorten the time span that you're ill if you get some sort of a disease or or a virus, rather, or something of that nature. And when it comes to disease, the things that I talk about that I get so jazzed about is longevity and a reduction for the likelihood of long-term diseases. You can almost predict with 100% precision those people who are going to end up with long-term or late in life, disease such as cancer, um, insulin resistance, cardiovascular disease. It's if you listen, if you look, and the thing that's going to blow your mind is a lot of them look really healthy. That's another thing that we're going to go into. There are things you can do right at different stages of your life to appear to be very healthy, and they you might be making some healthy choices. But you're not maximizing your body's ability for longevity because there's just a few levers that you can pull to redirect the cell, the cellular, the cellular makeup and the cellular energy and the in the mitochondria energy to make sure that it, it's sustainable for the long haul. So we go into some of that. Uh, then I have an entire week on uh, um, you know figuring out your why. You know, it's actually it's not. I, I haven't done a full week on why. But what I do is I, I incorporate it in the first week of just understanding who you stand for or what you stand for. What do you want your life to look like? And all of these different things, you know, um, I do have a week on uh, mindfulness. You know, if you've ever wanted to meditate or if you've ever wanted to know whether or not you should meditate, I'm not here to proselytize you into the practice of meditation, but I will absolutely recommend to you that uh, you should be doing some sort of mindfulness just to calm yourself and to breathe, and to let your, your brain, this whirlwind of a brain, let, let the winds calm down. Let the books go back on the shelf, clear the desk of your mind, give yourself some peace, and then 
go attack life again. This should, this should be a regular thing for you. So we talk about, again, the neuroscience behind it, why it's beneficial, why, it can help, why, why mindfulness can actually play a big role in your heart health. So if you want to learn more about the six-week Vitruvian Challenge, please, by all means, go to jasonrightnow.com. You'll see a little blue square that has the six-week Vitruvian Challenge on it. Click that. You'll find some more information. A lot of it is what I just talked about. And then there's a little application that you fill out, which it's, it's don't worry, it's not uh, to see if you are able to go through the six-week challenge because you most definitely are. But there are some questions I want you to answer to make sure that it is right for you and that it's right for me. I want to make sure there's a good match, okay? And then what will happen from there, if you, if you fill out the application and you're cool with the answers that you get and I'm cool with the answers, then you and I will set up a, a phone call uh, just to, to really let you know what my expectations are, okay? You see, I don't want someone that I'm going to work with that I'm just, that is going to fail. I'm no one's savior. And if you're saying, hey, I'm just, this, the six-week Vitruvian challenge, it's a Hail Mary for me. I'm going to tell you, that's probably not right for you, okay? It has to be, we have to dig down and figure out, starting with that, why, why, are you, why did you listen to that podcast and decide to go to the website and get on my screen right here? What, what, what brought you here? And I'm going to use some discernment, and I don't want any, I hope there's no hurt feelings uh, if I say, you know what, I just don't think we're a good match. Um, I, I, but this isn't, um, this isn't the sort of arrangement where I, I just provide a, a really, really good sandwich or a really, really uh, a, a perfectly tailored suit. That's not what this is. This is a matter of you and I being able to together create the best outcome for you. So it's going to require both of us. So I'm pretty discerning about who I want to bring in to the program, but I do hope you will check it out. Uh, if you don't get the information you need, or if you go through it and you have questions, you're, but you don't want to fill out the application, just um, hit the contact page and uh, say, hey, Jason, I, I heard the uh, heard what you said on the podcast. I am interested. I'm not ready to apply, I, but I do want to learn more about you and about what you're wanting to do, and, um, and then we'll go for there, okay? So uh, I want to tell you guys, so you know I've been mentioning my hot teas lately. Well, I found one that is just money. All right, bear with me here. I'm going to walk away for just a minute. I'm going to get rid of the tea bag. Wait, I'm coming. Stick with me. I'm coming back. Don't worry. You're never supposed to have dead air. If this were real radio, my producer would be really mad because you're never supposed to have dead air on the radio, and I am back. All right, so so my new tea, it's by the same company that I mentioned not too long ago, this uh, Ticino, those of you watching on the channel, can you see that Ticino? This is dandelion caramel nut. And if you like caramel, it is so good. It's an herbal tea. This one is not a mushroom tea like the other one from Ticino that I mentioned that was kind of the rose-flavored tea. This only has 15 calories, and it's got all kinds of good stuff. It's got organic carob, organic chicory, organic dandelion root, organic dates, almonds, organic figs, natural flavors, almonds and hazelnut uh, 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 flavoring, and, but all natural. All natural, good herbal stuff. 
And uh, I am loving it. I've told you guys before, I don't like hot tea, and mainly because it's just got such a faint taste to it. So it's really like hot water with a maybe a hint of mint or some, I don't know, it's kind of a floral uh, complexion or something. This stuff, on the other hand, I mean, it has the caramel and the nutty taste coming through. It's just, I really, really like it. And the reason why, I'm going to segue into this. Mm. Oh, and again, I think I've had this cup before. There's uh, it's a cup of Frank. right there. That's Frank. That's my dad on that coffee mug. Look at that guy. Laid up circa like 1985 on Christmas morning. Um, so I wrote an article in the Vitruvian Letter last week about the fact that I took a week off from coffee. And wow. Okay. I If you had asked me before I did that, I would have told you, look, I don't rely on the caffeine. It's, I mean, I can wake up on my own, no problem. I'm, I'm fine. I just like the, the, the habit of coffee. I like the ritual. It's warm. It's early in the morning. It's, uh, it smells good. It's, it's, um, it's the uh, medium for which I consume my HMO powder and some turmeric and some Ceylon cinnamon. And I just, and it's a, it's a, it's something Jimlin and I love. We love to guzzle coffee. <laughs> That's just what we do. Our first ever date was a coffee date because both of us refused to go on a real date. So we just went for coffee. And, uh, and that's just our thing. And so I would have said, you know, it's just for me, it's more ritualistic. It's not something I have to have. Well, in this, um, I'm, I'm, on a, I'm doing a 14-day study right now, or I'm participating in a 14-day study on my circadian rhythm. I'm providing all my data. And as part of that, uh, when it comes to your circadian rhythm, <clears throat> it's different than just intermittent fasting. So with intermittent fasting, you can actually have black coffee and not break your fast because there's no calories, right? Well, when it comes to your actual digestive system, though, and as it relates to your circadian rhythm, well, the caffeine and the other uh, whatever is in the coffee, um, it will actually ignite your, uh, your system and your digestive system. So it counts as having broken your um, your fast. So uh, since I started to do that, I thought, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I will not drink coffee in the morning. I'll push it off to later. And then from there, I, I went on my ladders app with, I work out now and I'm on Ben Greenfield's, uh, team boundless for the ladders app. And it's just kind of random. Ben comes on and says, Hey, you know, this is the, this is my Ben Greenfield impersonation. Hey, you know, we're going to detox from coffee this week. I like coffee, and it's good, but every once in a while, you got to make sure your body's making its own energy and get in touch with your body's energy versus that you're getting from the caffeine. So since Ben decided that he was doing a detox that week, I thought, well, <clears throat> I'm going to do a detox for the whole week. It, it, it fit perfectly. I'm already not going to have my morning coffee. Uh, why not? Wow. Okay. So first of all, the first morning was a light headache and just feeling kind of like everything was moving really slow. And I have a very strict morning routine that requires, you know, it's like I read a, I read out of utmost from his, for his highest by Oswald Chambers. Then I, then I pray, then I journal and I just kind of go in lockstep with this routine. I completely left out. Like, I think my journaling, I mean, this is something that's like ingrained in me. And I like, there was a major thing that's part of my routine that I didn't even do. So that was weird. 
And I maintained a light headache throughout all of that, that first Monday, <clears throat> that Monday. Next day, kind of same thing, light headache. And then all of a sudden, another thing happened that I have not researched to figure out why. I started peeing all the time. And it would like the urge or the need to take a leak. And sorry, I know that sounds crude. I don't to pee or whatever to urinate sounds a little bit formal for this podcast, but whatever. To to go pee was like hardcore, man. It's like whoa, I got to go and I got to go now. And that was that went for quite a while too. And I didn't. I was drinking a little more water, but not so much. So that was something that I noticed has changed. But anyway, so through Tuesday, the headaches kind of last for a while, and I'm thinking to myself wait a minute, this headache has to be because there's pollen in the air. It can't be from sinuses. It can't be, I mean, it has to be sinuses. It has to be allergies. It can't be from the coffee not being there. There's no way. But what I did notice was this is, uh, and by the way, I, I wrote in, in the article, you know, the, the, the definition for denial, because the bottom line is, while I didn't want to admit that I might have a bit of a coffee addiction, I most likely do. And I do. I mean, I'm probably, or I probably did have some sort of a coffee addiction. But what I noticed was by late Tuesday afternoon, where and as the week goes on for me, the content that I create, it kind of piles up, right? I've got, I mean, I do this podcast live every, I record this live every, um, every Friday. I mean, on the best Friday podcast is recorded on Fridays. I don't do that and then pretend like it's Friday whenever it's really Tuesday or Wednesday. May not be the smartest thing in the world, but that's what I do. It just feels a little more authentic. And then um, I'm writing the Vitruvian letter, so that I'm working on that all week. I'm developing this this course, the the Vitruvian uh, training system, and what all is going on there. And then I also have usually every Tuesday and Thursday I'm interviewing someone for the Tuesday podcast. So I've got all these things that are lined up as far as content creation is concerned, and then my my exercising, and then other writing, and all this stuff. So it all kind of piles up. So what happens is by Wednesday, normally. On the weeks I'm drinking coffee, I get I, I feel a great sense of agitation. I've got this over on my left uh, shoulder up by my kind of like my collarbone. There's a muscle there. That's where I carry my attention. It's like someone's just literally yanking a, a, a fishing line, just tightening. That was not there. And I would mentally process all these things I had left to do of content creation and just, you know, life and everything. And I, would, I handled it much more calmly I, it didn't frazzle me and then by Wednesday the headaches were gone energy levels were were seemed fine I was um, I was sleeping really well and there I, the biggest thing I've noticed is the lack of agitation I didn't feel like I was up against the clock so hardcore like I usually am every week and so now, what that one week has done, and Jimlin does not like this, is I may uh, put my morning coffee aside. And that's weird, but and, and so then it's like, well, I still want something hot in the morning. I just like that. I do like that ritual. And so I have been rotating between just ice water for the circadian rhythm thing. And then on days that I'm like, okay, I'll just stop my feeding window earlier and go, so I'll go ahead and crank up the, 
the uh, digestive system earlier. I've been doing this like dandelion caramel nut tea and the other rose tea I mentioned to you guys, and then my uh, Four Sigmatic mushroom elixir. That has kind of replaced my um, morning coffee. And and I can tell you, it's kind of like with when I stopped drinking alcohol, I went through this exact same thing. It's weird. This is kind of the exact same thing. Is For me, I think what helps me get rid of something that may be having some sort of an adverse impact is – Whatever the the, ad, the the adverse thing is that's within it, it becomes big enough to kind of give me a little bit of fear. Like for me, hangovers and just not feeling good became the deal. And, and just sapping my energy the next day is what did it for me for alcohol. It got to the point where whenever I would drink, like if I'd have a couple of scotch on the rocks, I would sit there and be so obsessed on how that was going to impact my next day that it really took the fun of it. I'm sitting there going, I mean, this is great. I like a good scotch, but I'm so obsessed and worried about, am I tipsy? Am I, is my head kind of swimming? Am I going to feel bad in the morning? Am I going to be able to sleep well tonight? You know, and so, so just like, okay, I'm, I'm cutting this out. And then now I have become so accustomed to never having to worry about not feeling good during a workout the following day. And just the fact that I'm getting older and there's already sorts of, there's all sorts of natural things working against my energy levels. I'm like, well, I don't want to add fuel to that, that energy sucking fire. Uh, so I just, I'm not going to drink anymore. Not going to happen. I'm just not going to have a drink again. It's just not going to happen. And so now with coffee, I don't want to take that hardcore of a stand because, again, it means so much to Jimlin and I. I don't like decaffeinated coffee. I do think there's a difference in the taste. I, I just I don't like it that much. But I am seriously cutting back on my coffee. So if you've never tried, if you're like me and you're a hardcore coffee drinker and you've never tried to, uh, to back off a little bit, I recommend it. Uh, just to see, and again, like what Ben Greenfield said, that I honestly, I had no clue how much of an impact the coffee had on my energy levels. But a lot of what I thought was energy, because I'm just in great shape and I do all the right things for my uh, metabolic and mitochondrial health, that that's where it's coming from. No, a lot of it was just being it was just the coffee stimulating my nervous system and masking as um, as natural energy. So I, I I recommend doing the detox. It's it's good stuff. And I definitely recommend this tea. This stuff is so good. I'll um I'll try to remember to link to it. I, they're not an affiliate or anything. I may have to reach out to these guys though because this stuff is just so good. Prebiotic, acid free, caffeine free, gluten free. It's 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 really good. So anyway. So that's that. And, um, okay, so coming up, I want to tell you real quick about what we have to look forward to on the podcast. Let me see here. I've got a, um, let me see here. See if I can, I have had some amazing conversations lately. And I think you're going to, okay, so one of my favorites is Tim Karen, who is the former Army, West Point, um, strength and conditioning coach. He also spent some time at USC. Uh, he was also at Ole Miss and at Georgia Tech. This guy is such a stud, and we had such a blast. He's got a book coming out uh, that uh, I can't wait to help promote and talk about. 
And uh, I think it's a strength deficit is what it's called. I think that's right. Man, I hope I got that title right. Uh, either way, you're going to see it on the Jason Wright podcast. But Tim and I, we had a great conversation about just strength training, the importance of resistance training, and just the, the, the approach he's taken with these athletes to try to help them not only, this is something really important to an old fart like me, not only to get them to strong, but to also keep them pliable and injury-free. So that is a great conversation. So if you like hearing about strength conditioning from someone who has executed at the highest level with some of the highest performers um, out there, then the podcast with Tim Karen that's coming up next week, you will definitely want to hear that. Then I've got another one. My buddy Stephen Hussey is back in the United States from London. Uh, if you know, he and his brother Matthew, they have an incredibly successful uh, YouTube channel, I think like something like two million followers or something. Like that. It's it's insane. I don't know what the number is, uh, but they're all. He's also an author, and he's just one of my favorite humans. And we we he and I, we just on the, in this conversation, we just start riffing on literature, writing, um, just all different kinds. Of, I think at the end, I threw in a, a bachelor question because he and his brother are kind of relationship experts. I was like, uh, the the nonsense that happens on The Bachelor, I actually got sucked into it this year a little bit with Abby whenever I was up in Boulder taking care of her whenever she tore her ACL. And so uh, it's just a wide-ranging, awesome conversation. And then I told you that I've got the conversation with Dr. Gus Vickery coming up. Dr. Gus is one of the foremost um, experts in integrative health. And that conversation was awesome because I learned about bioregulating peptides, something I knew nothing about, which listen for that. There you go. Here, here's a, here's a, an alert, an alert. Listen and do your research on, um, on uh, bioregulating peptides peptides they are the 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 research being done mostly out of russia which is kind of troublesome right now right uh is that these peptides that are mostly derived from animal organs in particular i think uh uh, like cow brains are highly beneficial to tissue repair and then overall helping to increase mitochondrial um, performance and just the the results are absolutely phenomenal. And so we, we talk a, a bit about that. And again, it was an education for me. I had never heard anything about this. So, so check that out. And then what else did I want to talk to you guys about? I think that's enough. I went way longer than I wanted to today for a best Friday ever, but you know what? It was, um, it was a jam packed week. Uh, and I just, Hey, I'm just glad you tuned in. I hope you have an incredible weekend and go see Coda and check out, please go to jasonrightnow.com and first subscribe to the Vitruvian letter if you haven't done that yet. And then second, check out the six week Vitruvian challenge. I would love for you to partner with me in that. I really think you would find it beneficial. And then come on, tune into the Jason Wright show for some of these upcoming uh, shows. I've had some great conversations lately. I'm so blessed that these folks are saying yes to come on the show and I want to share their knowledge, their wisdom with you. So until we meet again, improve always in all ways. I'm out.